We're back! We're back! It's a distraction. I'm Drew. That's Roth. Hi, Roth. Hey, man. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you uh, bringing out the full body language on that line reading. I think it shows up in the audio. People don't need to be on the Zoom call to see how hard you were working on that. You, when I run for Senate and win, I'm going to have all the hand gestures down. I'm going to be able to do like... Uh, like, I said, like we said with Trump, like Trump is always like, I caught a fish this big. It's like, it's going to be yep. like that. Like, He's I'm going to... Playing the accordion. Yeah, That's always a big one for playing him. the sound accordion. Like, like we have to do this. It's going to be very important. Yeah, I'm going to do all that. Hey, our uh, our guest, we're going to get right to him. It's ESPN's chief nerdlinger, Pablo Torre, or Pitor, as everyone calls him. How you doing, Pitor? Hey, man. Wow, thank you for that nickname that everybody definitely knows me by. It just rolls right <laughs> off the tongue. Well, it uh, just, it's because it sounds so good. That's uh, why everybody exactly. uses it. Pablo, uh, you are the third guest uh, this week uh, or uh, this month. Our, the last two, uh, Eric Eager and Kalen Kaler, uh, have left their respective jobs right after they did the podcast, which means that you obviously inevitably are leaving ESPN right after we record this. Why are you leaving ESPN, and how will you fit in at OutKick when you go there? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just felt that there were some things that finally needed to be said. Okay. Yeah. And my transformation into an evangelical pastor was just coming for a long time. And so I'm glad to finally lean in. People can't see it uh, because, again, it's a podcast, but uh, Pablo is dressed like a guy that uh, preaches in a church that used to be a CVS. He's wearing shorts. <laughs> He's got sunglasses on top of his head. Uh, it's a really inspiring look. It's kind of like yes. if, if uh, Guy Fieri had no swag. I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah, happy. The, I'm just go, go ahead, Pablo. No, I was just going to say the man who's passed out behind me wearing a CVS name tag did so because we were just speaking in tongues. That's and so fantastic. don't worry about the background information that you may see in my Zoom screen. I had a very uh, odd uh, sort of moment for myself uh, this weekend. We had people over for dinner, like we like a dinner party. Like, like it was actually post-pandemic. I was like, wow, we have a social life again. Like barely, but still. And like... So I had to politely correct a friend because she said that Juan Soto didn't deserve the money that the Nats were offering to him and that Major League Baseball probably loses money as a whole. Now, online, hmm. I would have said to this person, go fuck yourself, you're wrong, but you can't do that in real life, right? So in polite company, should I have even bothered to correct this person at all? Because I'm trying to like, this sounds very weird, but I am trying to make more like real life friends because I do much more interaction <laughs> online. And you have to like go out of online mode when you're around real people because it just doesn't work that way. Like, yeah. what, is, what is the correct thing to do in that situation? And by the way, th these are not relatives. These are normal people. Like my dad, I can be like, Dad, shut the fuck up. Like, that can't, I can't do that with like regular people, Pablo. Yeah, I, I have two observations. One, for the listener, you should understand that despite Drew playing like the performative gesture guitar earlier when yes. he said that he's trying to make real friends. He looked away from the camera so meekly and I knew that it was real. And I just appreciate the vulnerability. I appreciate the vulnerability. And so the second bit of advice that I'll give you, um, or the first bit of advice, that was just a pejorative observation, was simply that whenever I'm in these situations, and I call this like the, uh, like the taxi or now the Uber driver rule, like at a certain point, Despite the fact that my job is ostensibly to argue about sports professionally in front of people, I will probably agree with anything you tell me. Like, I'm just not here to argue, man, off the clock. Like, if you want to talk, give me takes. There's probably just, like, very embarrassing footage from those, like, in-car cameras of me assenting to the worst takes, both about, like, <laughs> general terrorism and race relations and also about whether Juan Soto deserves a uh, half-a-billion-dollar contract. Yeah, I was going to say, like, of all the bad things that you could have to, just to, like, go along to get along, agree with in a car ride, the idea that, like, they never gave Nathan Peterman a shot, like, that's the best-case <laughs> scenario. Because, like, every other thing that someone's going to bring up is going to be so much worse. It's got to be Absolutely. It's gotta be hard, though, Pablo, because people have to, like, step, or probably stepped you a lot with takes. I remember I was, I had to profile Stephen A. Smith for GQ. I said, this happens to yes. him all the time. I'm sure it happens to him even more than it happens to you. And he's like, look, I'll argue with you if you pay me, but I'm not going to do it for fucking free, which was great. I, I, I feel like Stephen A., I mean, that's also just him negotiating, though, in public. Like, I feel like the difference between me and Stephen A. is that Stephen A., as much as he is obviously, like, 
God, what's the phrase they? I, this is an embarrassing thing I'm going to reference, but like, what did they say about um, like the universe of Gossip Girl? Like, this is a heightened reality. As yeah. much as Stephen A. occupies the heightened reality of First Take, um, he's also very much that person. And I feel like you can trigger him a lot easier than you can trigger me with like a bad take. And so I, I, I like to think that I'm even more disciplined, even than the greatest of all time. Wouldn't they be more inclined to try? That's the whole game with Stephen A., though. It's like the way that I imagine that poor like Jackie Chan has to go through life with people like periodically just throwing kicks at him to see what happens. <laughs> that like that's sort of the, exactly the Stephen exactly. A. like whole like the mythos is that like you can, if you mention the Knicks in just the right way you can make him cry, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's not fair to him. But I mean it's, it doesn't make it untrue either. Now you stay cool, <laughs> uh, Peter, when uh, in, by by agreeing with people. But has anyone have you ever gotten a take? from someone out in the wild that broke you and you just, you had to say something. You had to be like, no, you're wrong. You had to get down. Oh, you're so fucking wrong. Listeners of this podcast, listen to the last time that happened to me. It was when you guys brought up the process and I began to recite a roster that involved like, Fucking um, God, yeah. TJ oh, McConnell. you remember guys so I, right in real time. It was incredible too because I'm I got, still scarred by that. It's as hard as I've been like sunned on this podcast tonally. And yet, if you go back and look on the merits, it's Pablo being like, "How did you leave out Rashawn Holmes? Are you fucking <laughs> serious? How did they let you have a mic?" <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Grant. Jeremy oh, Grant. Yep. Incredible. That's like, fucking great. That was really good though because I, I did, did leave out a couple Very of guys. Sincerely. But then also the idea of just, like, that was, it's not your personality, it's not your job, but that was as close to, like, a Stephen A, like, blinking, fanning himself (laughs) sort of meltdown, but just because I forgot to give TJ McConnell his flowers on the podcast. Oh, man, that was, I'm triggered just reliving that (laughs) mentally, honestly. You you honored us with your umbrage. That is not anything that you should feel bad about. Um, It's a treasured memory for me here on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's just good radio. I mean, there's no, there's zero doubt about it, which means we should actually, we don't have to actually like talk about talking about sports. We can talk about sports Mm. like for real. Like we can talk about like Brett Favre texting the governor of Mississippi uh, while he's uh, while he's embezzling from state coffers, like uh, I have to sh- I have to read the one text because <laughs> it's, so it's great. Because it's from Brett Favre uh, to this lady. He says, "If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much?" And it was leaked to the media, yeah. which is just oh. perfect Arrested Development shit. I just love it so much. It's so perfect. I Pablo, I don't even know what to say. I'm just so happy uh, it exists. So look, there is. <laughs> There is like a real think piece about how the state of Mississippi right now is undergoing a couple of things. One is a giant water crisis. The other is Red Far funneling welfare funds to fund a volleyball stadium um, yeah. of some sort. That's I believe at the USM because his daughter played there. Of course, yeah. his daughter's course. name. I, I have no idea what it is. Isn't it Breely or Brianna? R E L E I G H. You know, so what? Brian, I, no wrong answers there. Correction. I did know that in my soul. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so all of it just to say that uh, because of um, Braley's um, dad, we're getting headlines from MSNBC. Um, and I just had to Google this because I don't want to uh, legally slander Brett Favre. But here's the headline. I Quote, want you Brett to. Favre's legacy tarnished by interception of Mississippi welfare money. Come on. Oh, oh that's primo shit. That is yeah, great. I was just like, I just got to tip my cap on that. Um, yep. Although I do, I do quibble with the idea that anything has been tarnished legacy-wise for him. This feels yeah, like very knew much a piece yeah. of shit. who he is. This is what I wrote this about. So before, it somehow this is the, the Brett Favre magic of it. I wrote about this in April, and I just did a, a post on it that took – as the foundation, I mean, basically, like, the thing I was ripping off was all this reporting from the website Mississippi Today, which has owned this story for four mm. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And done great work on it. The story that we're talking about now is the most recent one of theirs. And in all of it, it's the part that, if I had anything that I brought to it, it was basically that all of this not only does not tarnish Favre's brand, it actually extends it in its logical post-football direction, that like he always he played like someone who would later wind up wrapped up in a major fraud. That that was like his charm as a player. It was like every time uh, he sailed some pass into triple coverage, you know, during the like Jets Vikings end game of his career, where he like clearly was at that point just 
his ass was writing checks that his arm couldn't cash. That, like, this is where it ends. And yet, mm-hmm. at the same time, it's the same assumption, you know, that got him there, that got him to the Hall of Fame, that made him great. Like, he did all this shit because he basically didn't think that if you send a text to someone, it, like, who was not, Nancy knew was not a public employee, but was, like, close enough and was being investigated. He never, it never would occur to him to be like, can anyone find out about the crime we're doing? That would no, never I, be a text that he would be like, you shouldn't send that. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like anybody who's watched Brett Favre had been invested in him. And to Roth, to your point, like the idea that the guy who didn't know what a nickel defense was until years into his NFL career would somehow be aware <laughs> of various, of like the most basic restrictions right. on any sort of like government spending. Of course, of course this happened. It would well, be great too if that was like somehow the one thing that he was like never really bothered to like learn defenses or watch tape or anything like that. But he's like, I know that temporary assistance for needy families funds needs to be delegated in several specific ways. Obviously, <laughs> vis-a-vis our spending here, the crime we're doing, it can't go directly to me. So, Nancy, my question to you, like, no, he's gonna be like, <laughs> Can you buy me a truck? I want one. Yes. Also, also it's the irony of Brett Favre, who spent his entire playing career like leaking to Peter King, hey, I think I might want well, to go to another team or something, or maybe I'll retire because <laughs> everyone's mean to me. Being like, oh, is this going to get out to the media? Is that how the media works? I right. don't know. I'm a neophyte. <laughs> Fuck off, man. Yeah. Wait, Fuck so can, can I ask a follow up question? As, uh, yeah, I also, by the way, I like to imagine, like, look, yeah, he's just a kid out there, guys. And his daughter, right. she's just a kid out there. How That's can right. you not build her a volleyball stadium? Um, yeah. but, but the idea that this ends, Roth, logically, like, this ends with, like, Brett Favre at CPAC, right? Like, this only radicalizes yeah. him into, obviously, like, an actual figure in, in right wing politics. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't go to jail, totally you go to Congress. True. Like, yeah. But it's anywhere that it could, I think Congress is a a great place for it to end up. Certainly getting that weird kind of like martyr status that you can get. Yes. And I don't know if people make money off of that, but you remember those like two assholes in St. Louis that like had five drinks and then stood outside their house with guns while a Black Lives Matter march went by? Of course, yeah. Like those guys, uh, like I'm forgetting their name right now. They're in... uh, the I want to be with Dan Bongino song there mentioned by name. So if you go back and listen to that, you'll hear you'll hear whoever what a they series are. of references. Oh, Patricia McCloskey. <laughs> yeah. Patricia McCloskey. Yes, there of we go. Um, just but that, like the St. Louis that, McCloskeys. Yeah, <laughs> but all of that stuff. Yes, of the McCloskey McCloskeys. That there is that idea of like being held accountable for something that you did, not like wrongly accused or whatever. But the idea, like that's the foundation of that whole reactionary strain of politics to me is the idea that like, not that it's the old, you know, the Jesse Helms thing about like, you deserve that job, but they had to give it to a black guy. That's fucking old and dusty. Now at this point, it's like, you deserve to be fired for the way that you act and the things that you do. What if you got fired? Can you imagine how bad that would be? Mm -hmm. Like I candidate X will make sure that this never, this, yes. And that's like, I don't know what you fucking do with that other than push it into the sea. Like, that's not an argument that you can, like, take half a loaf. When the most ridiculous extremes of human behavior become something that you are persuasively empathizing with, it does seem to to become unsustainable. And Favre definitely, you can see how, like, this could be spun, too. Like, it's being like, I'm punished for being a girl dad. All I did was care. Yeah, he'll be, on Pat, he'll be on Pat McAfee next week being like, y'all, I'm canceled, y'all. Like, he's, yep. that's absolutely coming. There's no doubt. Speaking oh, of canceled God. people or people who ought to be canceled, Robert Sarver, owner of the Suns, uh, just oh, fined $10 million, uh, suspended from the NBA and the WNBA for a full year. Uh, I always feel like Pablo... There's no real punishment you can levy upon an owner that's going to mean a goddamn thing apart from forcing him to divest. Is that correct? Or do you feel like this actually has some teeth to it, this punishment? No, I think that's fundamentally right. I mean, that's the standard is like, can we make you not own the thing that you are trying to own? Um, That's the only interest here that I have as as an honest uh, analyst of the story and like look the, the details of the story like the report is 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 impressive honestly in its depth it's impressive also in how it failed to lead to the thing that we're talking about being the only fair punishment right. yeah. um but but it, you know the way to see all of these stories of course is that like the NBA makes decisions on behalf of owners 
And so if this guy does not get ousted, clearly that's because they negotiated something, um, you know, behind closed doors that were in the interests. This was the sort of like optimal outcome as determined by the apparent uncovered facts of the case and also the interests of the other owners who are like, wait a minute, it's going to take what for me to lose my team possibly next time? And so right now we're in, yeah, a deeply, a deeply cynical, broken place where all that stuff, however, t- well, I mean, like it's it, any time a story has the number of times you use the N word, it's just like, okay, like we kind of get the gist of where this is going to go. And then you add on to the fact that per Baxter Holmes is reporting at ESPN, like literal like HR meetings had to happen outside of the building because being seen as meeting with HR was itself like a deeply stigmatized act. All of this suggests that this man should not run one of the most important uh, businesses in American sports. Shouldn't run it for 12 Hardy's, months. Much yes, less the he should not run it for 12 months. Then he gets to do it again. Why? Yeah. Uh, so then it begs the obvious question, and I'm sure you've been asked this a lot of times, Pablo, but why, why did Sterling get the gate and not this fucker? Oh, I mean, because there was, there was a tape. There was no way around it. It was unspinnable. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, and, and this is, by, to, again, to echo everything we've learned about American politics, right? Like, w- 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 how much smoke needs to leave the gun? <laughs> yeah. Right. Before we're like, yeah. oh, a gun was fired. You know, like in this case, because there is no tape, it can recede. And it will recede, by the way. Let's be honest, too. This story will recede into the background because there is no viral evidence that makes it such that I don't know even what the standard is anymore, but you can't deny it because even though you have dozens of people attesting to something, you have this exhaustive report, you don't have V. Stiviano. And that's that's where we are in how to litigate these nightmares. Would Sterling have gotten ousted if that tape had come out now, this year, instead of when it did? Um, yes. Yes, yeah. but I also I also think this though. I, I want to clarify something about the Vistaviano aspect of it, right? Like what Sterling had done, and this is sort of like proof as well. What Sterling had done before the whole like Magic Johnson uh, viral quote, the ta- all that stuff, like don't hang out with black people, just like the most you know, just direct, like okay, um, can't really spin this one. Um, before that, there was a history of stuff that was worthy of him being ousted. Yeah, and so Why, it really yes. is a PR. It's a PR issue more than it is a any issue of substance. Yeah, this is always the thing that's interesting to me with stories like this. We've seen it. We talked about this with Daniel Snyder in the NFL, I think, a couple weeks ago. That it's like, it's always interesting to see because, as you said, like, this is all the owners speaking through the voice of the guy that they hire as their commissioner, as their as their face, to see, like, where does, like, the beyond the pale territory actually begin for these guys? Because this is the only way that, that you can know it. So much of the other stuff that you see them do, like, you can assume that there's, like, a level of scuzz and... Uh, you know, just general unpleasantness built into the way that they act because that's how rich, unaccountable people (laughs) tend to act. But then there's like the, like, I think usually it winds up being like when it starts fucking with the money is the answer to to that. And I feel like with Sarver, like he's not anybody's idea of a great owner or whatever, but he has played, you know, I think to his team's detriment over the last, you know, the, the 20 years or whatever that he's been in charge of it. He is very much played by the league's rules. He hasn't gone over the, he hasn't paid the luxury tax. He took apart the seven seconds or less teams because he didn't want to pay more. That like the things that would actually put him on the wrong side of the other owners, mm-hmm. yep. which would be like, you know, making it more difficult for them to do their jobs in a cost effective way. He didn't do that. And Sterling was so bad at owning a team that it became a competitive issue, that they had just this turd of an organization in the biggest, you know, second biggest media market in the country. But I think that also, like, you can't have, like, I think that's, you know, to my answer to Drew's question, too, about, like, would Sterling be turned out if that tape came out now? Like, that's the thing. That's the one thing that you can't do beyond fucking with the money. The fact that he did both, you know, that he made it harder for them to, like, have all of this extra revenue in Los Angeles because of what a idiot he was sure and then also tarnished the you know the league's brand like i guess that's what it takes like i sort of wonder what it could or would take with snyder at this point but i feel like all of us have sort of 
tacitly come to believe that like there is no outer boundary in the NFL. Yeah, if, it, for what if, it it is. Would, if Snyder was going to get the gate, he would have already. I think that's. Yep. I think. That's, yeah, and 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 here's the thing, right? Like, because I I also want to be, <laughs> I want to be even more cynical than we've already been, right? Because if Ooh, we do luck. get the punishment that we all say is the only just punishment. It is the punishment of being paid, what, $3 billion? Right. Yeah, the Jerry Richardson uh, parachute, of course. Yep. Or yes, the, you know, sell or your courts. team and yep. set a record because American sports teams are only breaking them because of media rights deals. Yeah. yeah. And because it always it happens in those big markets and stuff like that. So it's like the, the version with MLB, and I looked into this when, at the old site when I was trying to figure out, like, is there a way that MLB could do something about the Wilpons? It's a very even-handed journalistic enterprise on my part <laughs> totally right. just because i care about the sport and i went back and was reading about when they they forced the mccourts out in los angeles with the dodgers and it was they were they had turned that team into like a hustle at a million different levels they had broken off all these shell corporations that were running the team at like a loss so that they could report that and then they had taken off all the revenue generating aspects of the team like the parking and, you know, like certain licensing things. And those were all like separated from it. It was a scam. And they were, that would have been fine. The issue was that McCourt renegotiated the television contract on his own for the team so that he would have more money to litigate mm. his incredibly public divorce. <laughs> and that was the moment when it was like, he could have done anything else. Like the, you know, the Trumpy, like shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Like obviously that would be like Cahuenga Boulevard. But yeah, he could have done that. And nobody would have been mad. But, yeah. Incredible also, shit. Also, if Sarver uh, has to sell the Suns, who buys it? I'll tell you who. Brett Favre. So. Yep. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> buys it with money that was intended to pay for, like, formula for yeah. the needy people. A thousand, a thousand. Percent. No, yeah. He and Sheriff Joe go in on, on the Suns. Oh, oh, fucking brutal. This fucking is, we're really, a lot of, uh. A lot of like outer ring reactionary celebrities getting yeah, mentioned all in the first of, all, twenty minutes here. All the people in the oil painting behind me. Yeah, yep. we've been name checking. <laughs> let's uh, let's take a break and we'll come right back. The Pablo Torre of ESPN. We'll be right back. And we are back, Pablo Torre of ESPN. Uh, it's time for us, Pablo, uh, to overreact to the first week of the NFL season. I can't believe we're going to make fun of the Cowboys without your colleague Stephen A. around. But alas, we must. Are the Cowboys screwed, Pablo? So they are less screwed than they could be, and they are very screwed. And I say that just because it seems like they're not going to try and like actually do anything uh, that would jeopardize Dak Prescott, actual starter on this football team. Like, there's a world in which he's actually out for six to eight weeks. And we should say, by the way, that Dr. Jerry Jones has said, not six to eight weeks, <laughs> three to four weeks. Yeah! And in six to eight weeks, yeah. then you're like, do we get Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever the fuck, right? And right. then you're like, then what is Dak? And that's a whole actual, like, conversation about, like, what is Dak Prescott doing here? Because it's three to four weeks, because that guy with the hat on the sideline with, like, a belt of, like, horse dewormer and, like, a bolo tie was, like... I fucking love that their trainer wears a cowboy hat. It's so cool. That, yeah. It's just... it's it's Sometimes you like when reality is this on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, I do. There was I remember seeing it and being, like, <laughs> just... I, you know, I didn't laugh. I would love to say that I laughed out loud at home, but I think I just nodded. Like, I was like, oh, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Like, I, I see this what you did right. there. Well, the other thing is because you know it's planned. Like, you know there was, like, a training staff, and the Double J was like, we got to get a Stetson on these boys. Toot sweet. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, just pure Texas. I loved it. Are the Packers screwed, Pablo? Please, I have to recuse myself because I'm a Vikings fan. I need to hear it from someone objective. Are the Packers screwed? Well, I was going to say, I mean, I don't know if the Packers are as screwed as the Vikings are just possibly good now. Yeah. Um, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, throwing to whoever is like after Alan Lazard because Alan Lazard was out like in that life. Uh, the guy who dropped the ball. Uh, Christian that Watson. Was obviously a touch. Christian Watson. Yes. Apologies. Or actually, um, I'm sorry, Christian Watson, that I could not forget your name for longer. I, I yeah. have to say it. Um, <laughs> but, but Christian Watson being the best that he has right now. Not great. But I think the Vikings just look like. Oh, this is what happens when you replace the possibly abusive father, allegedly. I shouldn't say allegedly. That makes it sound more real. That is Mike Zimmer um, with, like, Kevin <laughs> O'Connell. Um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of, like, knock-on effects of, of, oh, the head coach is different. This is going to change a bunch. Yeah. Right. I think the Packers also, like, they looked awful. They looked really awful week one last year, too, though, right? 
Like just they, they got destroyed got by New Orleans a year. And I think yes. that there's like maybe that is the sort of thing. Caitlin, I believe, made this point when we were talking about it. That like there's, it takes a little while, you know, especially because they persist in not making their receiving core better every year for like the last three or four years. This year they made it much, much worse uh, just by trading Devontae Adams and not replacing him with yes. anybody. That there's like a sense where I think they'll get better if like the offensive line is a full complement of decently healthy guys. And, you know, if and when Aaron Rodgers figures out which of these guys can catch and which of them he cannot throw to. But I was mostly struck and I not to, you know, blow smoke at Drew here. Like the Vikings look fucking great. Like yeah, they man. really looked beyond like, you know, looking a lot better than the Packers. Like they looked uh, way more loose and like, they were just trying more shit and seemed to be having more fun, which yeah, again, were, I guess goes back happy. to removing Zimmer from the equation. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they, they, were looked, they looked, they looked like a bunch of kids out there, Drew. They yeah, were just making plays. <laughs> I was really surprised when so many of them were implicated. Uh, in I think sprawling fraud. I think, I think the Packers could get better if they simply run the ball. Cause Aaron Jones had, and I'm going to, I might get this wrong, but I think he had like five carries in that game. That's absurd. Yeah. It's Aaron, it's Aaron Jones. Like fucking, Run them. Are you nuts? Like, what the, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, especially when you know um, that Aaron Rodgers is going to need a lot of time to get guys like Romeo Dobbs and uh, Christian Watson integrated into the passing game. Like, he's going to need time. They, they haven't had a tight end in a fucking billion years either. So, like, you've got A.J. Dillon, and they used him a lot. You've got Aaron Jones. Like, use those guys while you are figuring all this shit out. Like, it seemed they averaged six yards a carry against the Vikings. And the they unwillingness still the to use Aaron Jones has somehow crossed administrations. Yeah! Like, every I don't... coach they've had, the two very different coaches that they've had in the last few years, uh, when Aaron Jones is playing, all of them agree that he just should not get the ball that much. And I don't understand that at all as someone who it just is... watches him. It is funny when, like, an obvious fantasy football interest crosses over with a real-life football one. Oh, is, did you detect that? <laughs> <laughs> here's, yeah, it's not wrong. There's a, <laughs> it's, yeah. Here's a curveball before we get to another <laughs> obvious one, Pablo. Are the Niners screwed? Are the Niners I, I, screwed? You know, I, I've been trying to listen to my friends who played in the NFL about, like, what you can take away from the fact that the game, the atmosphere, the climate, the field looked as it did. And I, I don't think they're screwed. I think the problem is simply, and this is even considering now the weather being as it was, the yes, problem right. is, that, is that I'm going to use um, suspicious legalese here. Ooh. There's no affirmative reason to believe in Trey Lance. No! Like, I, 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 I am hopeful. <laughs> I like the idea of him, the theory of Trey Lance. The theory of Trey Lance, I, I buy the reality of him, we just haven't seen it. We haven't seen it, I mean, literally in college because he played uh, at, at a level that none of us saw, and he barely played even then. And now right. it's just like, even with the rain, it's just like, I don't, I, don't, I don't have the affirmative case for you, man. And it's getting dicey. Yeah. Wow. They also have this like organizational investment in him, too, where it's like they have to let him fail before they replace him. And we again, we talked about this with Caitlin, too, that it's like, at that point, like you're asking a lot of Jimmy G to just like take over a one and four team or whatever, if that's like what it's gonna take to to get him back under center all the time, because like he's, he's still Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I mean, he's better than Trey Lance probably, but like asking well, he's, him to he's play better a team running out of this a offense. Hole like that. Yeah, he's better running the offense. I mean, look, the whole thing, uh, Ralph. To your point, like it, I find it hard to have more faith in Trey Lance than people who actually have their professional futures staked on him. Right. And it's like, right. at, no, at, at every turn, it's just like, here's another reason to have this suspicion that they don't trust him for reasons that are evidence-based as opposed to some weird bias. Because the bias <laughs> should be in favor of the other direction. Right, and they, they're the people who gave up the farm to draft him. So it's like, they have to do this weird sort of almost like, a, you know, it's like, it's like a cycling velodrome race where like they, they go like very as slow as they can before they start like putting on like turning up the gas and actually pedaling like where they like they have to be very careful about as if they need like proof of his suckage to make sure they're okay to bench him before they put Garoppolo in and turn and turn around because they they were shitty at the beginning of last season and then they just start fucking blew the doors off everybody in the back half so they could do that again as long as they don't have trailers to starter I just want to point out that the electric bike velodrome is the nightmare of Brooklyn New York right now 
The idea oh, that there is, is gas to be poured in. No, it's just the idea. Of, you said you said there, you're gonna put on the gas in, in in the velodrome. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not how velod. I don't know. I've never been in a velodrome. Is there electric? Is there electricity in a velodrome? I just I feel like I'm 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 trying. I'm, no, I'm now, that was I'm, me. I'm now, that was me speaking poorly because I'm an <laughs> amateur. Pablo. <laughs> I believe a velodrome is just that's regular human powered human pads ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's just it's just a little ring with it. Yeah, that was that, that 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 was me trying to throw shade at Drew and also the delivery industry of New York City at the same time. Um, <laughs> oh, you're making nightmare. fun of me. Oh, you're making yeah, yeah, fun yeah. of me. Sorry. Everybody I was, calm down. All was, right. Let's everything. ask about another NFL what a team snob. or What an asshole. All, all right. right, yeah. Here's here's one more. Are uh, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, and Novak Djokovic screwed Pablo? Oh, I screwed? love I if I may truly just embrace full on snob here. Um Ooh. Carlos Alcaraz. Wow. I don't know how you say that in reality. I just know that I want to say it like people say Barcelona. Hey, you got to err on the side of putting some gazpacho on it at the end. <laughs> Arizona. Yes. He, he's the, he, Drew, he's the fastest man I've ever seen play tennis. Yeah. You know, he's 19. He's, he's like the best athlete that's ever played tennis, I think. And granted, I'm not a tennis head in the way that – I don't know if you guys are tennis heads um, – I don't we know if anyone's ever been called a tennis head. Yeah, so. I I like watching it, but I don't understand it the way that. I, so, and also, I was away, like basically no television of any kind for two weeks. So I've just read all of Giddy's posts, which is a great way to experience the U.S. Open. He did yes, a fantastic job on it. But so I've I've adopted all of his uh, impressions just uncritically, and he basically agrees on on Alcaraz. He called him in, in Slack. He compared him to one of those Boston Dynamics robots. But he's just like he's terrifying. Like you can't like, yeah, get we, shit past him. It's 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 scary that that we let him uh, have these motor functions. Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous that he gets to everything. It's ridiculous. I mean, so Drew, to your point, they're in trouble insofar as like I'm actually me, like tennis normie, kind of like half-ass tennis fan myself. I actually am. I just want to see him play those guys. I want to see him uh, be like the fucking um, the, the mortal. Like the, I want them to grapple with their own mortality and playing him is how they will like truly finally do all of that. I think he's just fucking he's amazing. Pablo, yeah. when you watch the U.S. Open and I watched Serena's last match, are you ever vicariously exhausted watching them? Because it looks so yes. fucking tiring and yes. they just keep going. And I'm like, why aren't you dead yet? You should die. It's unrelatable. It's fully unrelatable, like what they do. And we don't appreciate it enough. To do like the old guy element of this too, because of the way they schedule the night matches that like Alcaraz and, and Sinner, I know, played that game that ended at 2.50 a.m. Like that's yeah. an insane thing to ask of an athlete on top of all the rest of it. Like, Not they, to mention fans, by the way. Oh, yes, of course that. And then you get to get on the seven train at like 3.10 in the morning. Oh. And just ride that out. See where it goes. I like the Fuck idea that brutal. everybody at Ash has to ride the subway. I want a world where like, like everybody who's sitting in the audience, like Anna Wintour, Martina Navratilova and her tiny yep. dog, must be next to the guy who is uh, jump kicking people in the face because yeah. he's dancing. <laughs> that honestly, like that would be, I think, a really good thing for Anna Winter, like just to get to observe one Showtime performance yes. on the subway. <laughs> You're like delightful. How did you? So you dance with it? You do stuff with your hat? That's really interesting. <laughs> uh, Pablo Ian Rappaport reported over the weekend that this season will be Tom Brady's last. Is there any good reason to believe that report? No. Okay. No, no, just making no. Sure. I mean, we can try, but why would I believe anybody? Yeah, that everyone has yeah. tried and everyone has failed. So no. yeah, it's been it's been tw- like a decade of strong wishful thinking about like oh he well, wants to, he wants to focus on his other interests, like making sweatshirts that have his name on them or something. Yeah, <laughs> what is that's the thing with all of these is that there's people. No, it's 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 tequila brands and and sweatshirts that are with your de facto like lame focus group family crest. Like, those yeah. are the two things that athletes now, abs- and podcasts, in fairness. That's the metal stand of stuff that athletes invest in. Yeah. I feel like Brady actually could become, because he, I know that his company, like, produces podcasts, but I feel like the idea of him as a podcast host is, like, just uncanny enough that I kind of want it. I don't think I knew that until now, 
But like there has to be some sort of like the version of him that you get in like the quarterback meetings, which presumably is just him talking to Blaine Gabbard about cryptocurrency or whatever. Like, I don't know (laughs) if he's like capable of having normal conversations. I I, I have him. Drew, I have Brady uh, not so much as crypto guy in the podcast space, as it were. I see him as like uh, like uh, testosterone Gwyneth Paltrow. Like he's just gonna yeah, yeah. the shit out of all of this. He's gonna I think, be I think wellness that's, guy. That's sort of his brand already, right? Where he's like, oh well, he's gonna, he's gonna lean into it in ways that will prevent him from ever leaving um, our attention spans. He's just gonna yeah. be. That's the thing. Like, and to, to the to the rapper reporting that you referenced, like to me, Tom Brady retiring from the NFL by no means indicates that he's going to be leaving our line of sight. Right. Yeah, look he's at going far. To, I mean, the nobody Fox goes away. Thing, the, he's just he's just gonna be he's gonna be even more everywhere actually. Yeah, because like yeah, I think he'll, like if he enters mainstream culture with like crystals for men, then like that's also like that's a good look for him, I guess. <laughs> like, well, also you know we're forgetting that also he he will be Fox's lead color guy the second he retires, yes. which is funny because I actually uh, and I should write about this, but um, uh, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson did. Uh, the Packers Vikings game because they're the number one team at Fox now. They were great. Yeah, what'd you think? What'd you I think? had no problem with them at all. Like, like Greg, like I grade the booth on whether or not it irritates me, and they didn't irritate me the entire game. Now, look, I'm biased because my team was winning, but like I've had announcing booths I like, like Buck and Aikman and stuff, preside over games where my team absolutely fucking ate a brick in front of a national audience, and I didn't have a beef with the announcers. Like bad, bad announcers make a loss worse. But good announcers, like, I think I can still be objective about that, even when my team is just getting fucking clubbed. Yeah. Pablo, why can't the Jets ever get their shit together? And don't just say because they're the Jets, because that's the easy answer. Like, there are other teams that suck that get their shit together. I saw it happen with the Patriots very long ago. So I I just don't understand. Like, they they hired a seemingly competent guy in Robert Sala. Sure. Like, they, they... they drafted a seemingly decent quarterback in Zach Wilson. That has not worked mm. very well. They dra- They had a good draft this past fall. None of it has mattered. A lick. Why? Yeah, I don't have a good theory of this outside of the obvious one, which is that, like, organizationally, from ownership down, they're not well run. That I mean, and I say that only because, like, all of the other variables seem to have been isolated. Like, yeah, they've tried a million different things, and they fucking suck. And so beyond that, I don't know. I mean, Roth, you're a New Yorker. Like, do you have a better take than my very boring one? No, I think organi- I think that's the one that makes the most sense to me is that there's just it's like the equivalent of having like a really bad mold infestation, but like at a spiritual level but in like, the organization. But, but I also will say, I'll say this, that like, I didn't watch very much of their game. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, the defense like seems better than it did. Salah is competent like there's i mean so was todd bowles like they've had they've cycled through guys in between having you know the adam gase experience and stuff it hasn't always been just like hiring idiots with bad vibes i think that they're probably not as far away as they seemed i just think that like fundamentally the johnsons are unserious enough and like, in the same way that, like, the Maras are entirely too serious, it's like the two sides of the coin of uh, tri-state area elite incompetence. Yeah, but, but like, the, the Maras have that- shit owners, and they just made the Super Bowl. Like, that's, like, I mean, yeah. that's true. That's like, true. Like, the Jets have a basic GM head coach structure. No one seems to hate Joe Douglas all that much. Like, so I, and I think I, they've they've done a lot of things right. Like, I don't, I wouldn't totally write them off. I mean, like, playing Joe Flacco against the Ravens defense and not having good things happen is, like, Maybe I would wait a little bit longer to to completely declare them DOA than that, but like I do think there's there's still like this tendency there. I think that like it's sort of hard to explain what it is, but like you could see it with the with the Mets. I meant to bring it back to that, but there's bad ownership creates a culture of not just no accountability, but of a sort of cascading casualness that includes a lot of guys whose names you'll never learn in the front office who go around backstabbing each other and fucking up at their jobs and, you know, knocking off early to go golf and stuff. There's a lot of that, I think, 
in every bad organization. I, I, I actually, hearing you talk that out, I, a couple of thoughts do occur to me, right? Like, one of them is Zach Wilson is hurt. Like, it, it's hard to evaluate a team when the guy that you drafted to be your future franchise quarterback is hurt. Yes. The second thing, though, is that when you draft a future franchise quarterback and he's, like, surrounded by pieces that are underwhelming, it wasn't going to go great anyway, right? right? So there's also that aspect of it. Um, the third thing is that, um, oh, uh, this is probably the best theory that I got. Uh, woke culture. Can I blame mm. that? Ah! Yes. <laughs> right. As a because full pivot. The, they, they Thank you, Governor casting, uh, There's elves of color now. That's you right. Know. You know what? I can only imagine, and this is a very uh, football nerd observation, and I hope people will go and Google image this person, but I imagine that when a lot of people of a certain persuasion were like, Braxton Berrios, ugh, not my type, and then Google imaged him, they were very pleasantly surprised by yeah. what a Braxton Berrios actually looks like. Right. It's, yeah. it's remarkable, remarkable that that man is named Braxton Berrios. Braxton Berrios is about as satisfying. And also, I mean, it's a very like, it's one of those, it's sort of a, a John Hughes villain name, but it's the first draft thing. Like the studio notes are all like, you got to take that name down like three notches. I mean, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this over to people who look exactly like their name and note that the Jets have deprived us of a second round of Mike White sanity. And I think there's got to be some sort of karmic... Uh, mm, payment that they yes. have that they have that has been exacted upon them for doing that because Joe Flacco looked fucking bad last week. I mean, like he hasn't been very good in in many years, but he looked like an active like he looked like someone who just didn't know how to play football anymore at all. Yeah, you know what they say about uh, Mike White? Yeah, you will not replace him. Yeah, no, yep, no. I think <laughs> I think they're so I think they know Mike White is so good they're scared to start him because then they know Zach Wilson's career. Over. It's just like it's just like the Trey Lance thing, only with Mike White instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. I will say that this is a very rare moment if I can take listeners inside the game. It takes a lot to make Brandon put a message in the chat function on yeah. Zoom beyond <laughs> wrap this shit up. He just wrote, it's time for Joe Flacco to retire. If if Brandon is moved to type that into the text box, mm. it's something that Joe should take under advisement. Yeah, I think I think he's correct. Uh oh, one more before we get to the guy of the week. Are the Broncos screwed, Pablo? I was going to ask about the Patriots, but it's more fun to ask about the Broncos because they might have played themselves by trading for Russell Wilson and then never using him when it's important. It, 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 I just think it's such a gift for everybody who was just peeing their pants on Sunday that Nathaniel Hackett just shit himself and then proceeded to, I don't know, like wear it as a hat in various yeah. press conferences afterwards on Monday night. Fu it was like, funny. it's just hard. Like the, uh, it's hard to, the pie chart of my attention is 99.9% .9 Nathaniel Hackett right now. Just like, what a delight. It was what a delight. It was one of the, the few moments where you could really, you know, you know that there's a difference. It's hard to tell what coaches do sometimes from one game to the next. That really felt, the end game of that really felt like just someone from the stands who's had four beers is brought down to coach the last two minutes of an NFL game, how would it go? Yeah. Like, they secretly replaced the coffee with Folgers crystals, and you got, like, a team playing for a 64-yard field goal. I, I have it a weird affectation. Beautiful. I have a weird affectation where I watch a primetime game, NFL game, and I hope it's a good game, but I also hope it has a really weird ending that everyone, f like, fights about or, like, gets really mad about, like the fail Mary and stuff like that. And when it does happen... It's just, it's just magnificent. I love it when it happens. You know, it, it, part of me thinks it's because we just don't have those monocultural moments anymore. Yeah. Like, there can't be a yeah. cheers. Wow. You know, like, oh, the NFL is the only thing. And when everybody, it, it does feel, it really does feel like all of America was united. Like, it, it's just, I don't know if there's been that degree of unanimity about anything. Outside of Nathaniel Hackett being the fucking worst, it was, just, it, was it was kind of heartwarming. Honestly, he I brought us, this, he brought us together. He Joe brought Brandon us could take together. a lesson. Let's uh, <laughs> let's remember a guy every week. We remember an athlete of yore who was not great, but was just a guy. And this week's guy, Pablo Torre, Mike Sims Walker. Do you remember that guy, Pablo? Oh wow! Oh. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We, oh, a perfect guy. How moment. did you decide on Mike Sims Walker? What a lovely. Guy Jaguars? I, yeah. yeah, I was watching a Jaguars highlight, and I was like, oh, I remember Mike Sims Walker. He was really good. And then, like, like he had some sort of episode where, like, he pissed off the team. And, like, they, I think they put him on, like, 
So they did the, like, they memory hold him for a week or something like that because he was he got saucy with a coach or something like that. I don't remember. They had a lot of that. Justin Blackman, I believe, is like still on their restricted list. Well, Justin Blackman like got DUI five hundred times. Yes. or something like that. Yeah, so that he was... had problems and stuff, but they yes. never did release him. They were just kind of like, all right, well. No, Mike Sims Walker, I think, fits squarely into the, like, oh, maybe he's a turd category, not like an active like someone who has an active problem sort of guy. Although. Maybe he did. I don't know. So what you're Mike saying, Zoom. though, is that he's he's dropping precipitously down the hyphenated receiver power rankings. Because my takeaway from this Sunday also was that Patrick Mahomes apparently is only throwing to receivers room full of, like, relatively progressive parents. <laughs> like it's all of these guys are just, like, hyphenated. It's remarkable. It's true. Like, that's, and he makes them good. He didn't. It turns out he really didn't need Tyreek Hill. I was wondering about that. I was like, oh, no. they got several. Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's just like, that's a that's an annoying bunch of nameplates at preschool, but I get it. Also, Tyreek Hill is, I don't think I don't think he's the best wideout on his own team right now. Like, Jalen Waddell is really fucking he good. He real good. And that's, that's amazing to me. Let's get to the fun bag. Matt writes in, Pablo, what's a mispronunciation that drives you crazy that people do a lot? A mispronunciation. And not like... Your own name or my own name or Carlos mm. Alcaraz's name, like it has to be like like a like like my dad calls Legos Legos and that drives me nuts. And when I correct <laughs> him, insane. Yeah. You just I don't had... say that and like ask Pablo to answer the. How did that even happen? Yeah, uh, I'm now fully distracted by the fact that that happened for that long. No one's <laughs> ever done that. My dad calls a Mazda a Mazda, and he owns a Mazda, and he's owned it for like twenty <laughs> fucking years. <laughs> Going to the I, Mazda dealership. It's such a dad move to this is this is this is, uh, it, 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 this is a very nerdy uh, reference. That's that's I don't need to say that anymore. Everyone assumes that about me already. But yeah, like, I was yeah. in a I was in class in high school, uh, reading the Grapes of Wrath, and a friend of mine um, in class, like this is weeks into the semester, says, uh, "So about Tom Joad," and I'm just <laughs> like, you, you, "You've been here the whole time. How is it?" That you just showed your ass this radically to everybody. <laughs> I, I, that's, I, I, new, that's my answer. Sorry. I don't know if that even answered the question, but that's, that's where I'm going. With I think that. it's really good that the, anytime, I mean, obviously, like, I say things wrong all the time. I, I don't know uh, how to say a lot of stuff. I'm from New Jersey. I got all kinds of excuses on it. But that, anytime you get one where it really seems as if someone is just making it up for the first time. Yes. That this is like, that's the first time that anyone has pronounced that name out loud like that, and you got to be there to hear it. That means a lot. I, uh, I, I have, I've remembered it for 20 years. I have two, Roth. One is that um, to this day, my wife and I pronounce Dwayne Reed, the, uh, the, the drugstore in Manhattan. We pronounce it Duane Riade because one of her Good. friends walked by it and was like, oh, there's Duane Riade. And all the other friends were like, excuse us? Like, what did you, what did you <laughs> pronounce it? And then the other one is my, my sister. She had a roommate once from Texas, and they were going to a party. And the roommate was like, I wonder if they're going to serve horse duvers at this. And, we were, <laughs> and that, we have called it horse duvers. Ever since, whenever there are hors d'oeuvres. That is a good... The one that I remember... Because you never really forget when you're a kid and your parents straight laugh at you. Like, it's not... My parents (laughs) are very supportive. I have a great relationship with them. But, you know, you do stuff because you don't know anything when you're a child. And, like, sometimes, I guess... The one that I remember getting owned for was... So I was had, you know, like, football and baseball cards, like, from, you know, when I was seven or eight years old. And I was probably even younger than that. And I, that was how I learned a lot of names, you know, like in the town where I grew up, everybody was named like Brendan O'Brendan, you know, or like, or it was an Italian name. So it was like just what I saw. And I remember there was a guy who was a fullback on the Seahawks. I don't remember what his first name was. His last name was Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S. I had never seen it before. And because I had, as my frame of reference, baseball card names, many of which had, you know, like. Spanish last names. I was pronouncing it Hughez, like, like <laughs> Perez or something. That's and this great. is now it's all coming back to me because you're both laughing at me too. But it was the uh, same thing where I was like, no, what, that's how great. do you say this? Hughez? And my <laughs> dad just laughed straight in my face. Like it was a little bowl cut version of me being like, I'm serious. I don't know how to say this name. That's terrific. Uh, yeah. uh, Matthew oh, writes God. in, 
Last one. Let's say Madden ranked every single individual on earth in football ability. Pablo, what would your overall rating be if you were rated in Madden? Mmm, God, like a 23? Yeah. All right. What about you, Roth? I mean, I would say lower than that. Like, if I'm trying to identify what my qualities are, I guess, like, the 20s are basically, that's like half of a ranking that you would ever see in a game, right? Well, also, like, also remember, you're great on a curve against the rest of the earth. So, like, like, what does a baby get? Well, a baby gets probably like. Oh zero. yeah. Oh, right. oh wait, sorry. Okay, but no, like, now I get the game. Now I but get you the would, game. You like in the Oklahoma drill against a six-year-old, you're beating the fucking shit out of that kid. <laughs> yeah, no mercy either, because that's the mindset. Yeah, that's the approach. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, maybe if you're, if it's the whole of of humanity, I think I'm. I'd like to believe I'm in the top half. Like I can yeah. catch anything that's thrown to me. Um, I can walk upstairs. Without getting winded, provided it's not too many stairs. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. true. But, but I don't the, know, Drew. So but, you actually have enough like invested in this, like because you you did you were a football man. I was, yes. Um, I mean, I would fucking light you up, Roth. Maybe Pablo sure. too. But like, you'd have the the Chris Hovan face paint on and get real weird, and I'd be like, I don't even recognize this. Just guy. a also, giant, I mean, I mean, a giant neck roll. Yeah, yeah. I see Drew having one I, of those. Yes, I would love to and get Mike the Allstott style. Even, but also, Even if Drew did blow me up, I would love to be able to just get all the the full Eric Dickerson compliment of pads. Yeah, it's fun. You know, the, wearing the pads. thing that he had where it was just the weird one panel behind his neck was really good. Like he didn't want to get a sunburn. <laughs> if if you've never worn football pads, I, I cannot recommend it enough. It feels fucking great when you put them on. It really even it's, if it's you're, why you're it's why you're wearing them right now. Yeah, it's, it's that's why part I'm, of it anyway. Every time I podcast, because I am ready to enter the fucking arena every time I have takes. Drew pulls on the guar spiked shoulder pads and is like, <laughs> we're back! That's right. Hell yeah, I do. Uh, Brandon Nix and Chantel Holder are our producers. Nora Ritchie is our executive producer. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to Roth and me, get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com use the promo code DISTRACT. We to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And subscribe to Defector while you're at it. And also, Go watch Pablo Torre on ESPN and listen to his mm, podcast on ESPN, and he'll plug it right now, right, Pablo? ESPN Daily is a podcast every weekday out of 5 fucking a.m. Eastern every day, and also debatable oh my a God. television show. That's not a television show that we stream on the internet, which maybe you're familiar with. Thank you so much for your time. I apologize, Drew, for making fun of you. The electric bike thing. That was that was bad luck. You, I, I will <laughs> never forgive you. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks. Bye.